Thank you for joining the podcast and welcome to the month of June. It is Pride Month. We love Pride Month. So we will be spending some time this month talking about pride. We will also spend some time talking about professional wellness. There's also post-traumatic stress disorder awareness in the month of June. There's actually like nine other things, but we can only be aware of so many. We are very aware of the traumatic state of the world right now. So we're going to do our best here at the Dr. Whisperer to bring you as many healers as possible. We hope that you will subscribe. And if you like this podcast, please do us a favor and write a review. And thank you again to our wonderful sponsor, Thai Technology. Check them out. Three months free if you mention the podcast or the show. Thank you for joining us. Stay well. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm really happy um, to introduce my friend. And I went back, I was um, stalking his Instagram and his uh, Facebook page this morning because I was looking for like a badass photo of him because he's badass. Look, I'm already cursing. But ass isn't really a curse. Like, now the lines have kind of got blurred. I've noticed on TV, they kind of let some stuff slide now. Yeah. So, all right. I don't feel bad about that. I don't ever actually really feel bad about cursing, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay calm <laughs> in the world that is not so calm right now. So just to frame this out a little bit before I introduce Eric, who is going to remain unintroduced just yet. While I tell you how this came to fruition, this conversation we are about to have. I text Eric yesterday and I said, hey, you got a few minutes to chat later. I wanna check in and see how you're feeling. And then, you know, we played phone tag for a while. And then we finally got to connect. Eric and I are both avid bike riders. We've rode bikes together and we've had great um, deep conversations. And um, at the end of our conversation yesterday, I said, hey, you, you wanna come on the show? And he was like, yes, and, and here we are. So Eric Dungey is my friend. That's really all I have to say about Eric. But Eric is so much more than that. And, um, and I'm so happy and proud to be your friend and to know you and to know that I could call you and ask you how you are doing during this um, really tumultuous racial induced time and ask you how you're doing. So how are you doing, Eric Dungey? Welcome to the show. Thank you, happy to be on the show. Um, I'm grateful for an opportunity just to, to speak and kind of share my heart. Um, I'll be real, like I'm not doing great, like, you know, like I. I wish I could say, oh, I'm doing fine, but like, no, man, like I'm, you know, I'm kind of sad, I'm kind of depressed, I'm pissed off, uh, it's hard, you know, I tried as much as I could to kind of, you know, like whether it's riding bikes or doing yoga, trying to like escape reality at times, but at the same time, you can't, man, it's just, this is real, this is life, and so, yeah, I'm doing, I will say that like getting a text from you and then speaking with you and a couple other friends did show me that there are still reasons to be optimistic and be positive that there are people that are that do care. So as low as I'm feeling, I do feel good when I'm speaking to friends and I have friends that genuinely want to like know where I'm coming from and then know how they can help and what they can do. So just now talking, I'm feeling a little better. <laughs> good. Well, that is, um, that is true for me too. I, 
I'm not, and Eric and I share this in common. I'm actually not even one to talk on the phone. I'm just, <laughs> even though nobody really understands or believes it, I'm a straight up introvert. So when I have an opportunity not to be on the phone, I love it. <laughs> and so I talked to, you know, three of my closest friends that I felt I needed to have a conversation with yesterday because I wanted you to know that I cared. Um, but talking about it is really, I believe, the only way to heal through um, this time. So maybe if you could just share whatever it is in your heart about what is currently going on, because as I said to you yesterday, I'm, I'm going to be very transparent, you know, like it's, it's time for me as the white woman to shut up and, and be more, um, seek to, to understand rather than anything else right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to do just that. I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. I think there's just speaking for myself and, and just as a, a black person in America, there's just a collective exhaustion and just, I think a sense of hopelessness. I mean, personally, I'm 28. So the first incident that really struck me was Trayvon Martin, which I think was seven years ago in, you know, in Stanford, Florida, just, you know, maybe an hour up the road. And for the last six, seven years, and this again, just for me, for other people, it's been six to sixties and maybe longer. You, you see an injustice. You, for some reason, think that maybe this time will be different. You see it's not. You see another one a few months later, or a few weeks later, or a few days later, no justice. And it just, you just feel like you're just getting beat up and you're just getting kicked and it's, it's an awful feeling. And I think the biggest thing is just like, you know, I live somewhat of a privileged life, you know, based on who I am. And so I'm not necessarily affected day to day, but, but, but my, my people that look like me and my friends and my people that I care about that are in fear and terror. I had a, a friend I just found out um, in Indianapolis that I got killed last night and there's still questions about whether it was racially related, whether it was with the protest, whether it was a hate crime, but, and he was, you know, so it's just, it's every day and it's, you just feel like nothing's going to change and you see something so egregious and you think, all right, this one's got to be it. And then it's not. And you're thinking, well, if this is going to be the one that's going to change the, the system, is it ever going to change? And that's, that was where I was at like Saturday morning. Um, I taught, I watched church online Sunday and it was a very nice, they had two pastors kind of having a dialogue and a black one and a white one. And I was encouraged by that encouraged by my conversation with you and so there's some signs of encouragement but like at the same time there's for me there's just such a defeated feeling that knowing that like like what is it going to take you know so yeah and um i started my day um interviewing a mental health counselor in boston that will air tomorrow um and we were talking about this, the generational pain that is involved because it's, it's, not, it's not one incident and it's, this stems from years and years and years of pain. And all of the pain is, is being introduced to the world right now as anger yeah. and it's valid and it's, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm, I'm quite sure you don't agree with it, but at the same token, and I think I said this to you on the phone yesterday, 
because it's the only way I can relate it myself. Is that sometimes when, you know, I'm even having an argument with my husband, things don't change until I get angry. Right. Or things don't change with him until he gets angry. Yeah. And it needs to get to that point for people to actually listen to the pain that's being caused. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, just say you and I are having a conversation and a disagreement, like, you may not take my side as serious until you see whether it's a, a verbal outburst or maybe I punch a wall or whatever it is. And you say, okay, no, he's, this is serious for him. And now as the other person, I need to recognize this and help, you know? So I think, yeah, obviously we, we don't want to show you want to see um, more violence or, you know, small businesses lose their, 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 their offices or their homes or whatever. But like, this is, this is years and years of pain being manifested and, and finally being released. And I think if you could just come from a position of like understanding, you know, you may not necessarily say that I would do that myself, but I get it, man. Like you guys are frustrated, you're hopeless. Nobody's listening to you, you're, you're, you're acting out. And also I think it's important to also remember that the coronavirus and like the firings and the people losing their jobs disproportionately affected a lot of minorities, a lot of black people, a lot of lower class citizens. So you've had people that have been working for two or three months that in the last, what, a month, they've seen three or four brutal murders on camera with no hope to, for justice. So you combine all that, like, yeah, people are frustrated, they're pissed off, they're, they're, they, they wanna break something. And it's, also, it's not everybody, this is, a, this is maybe a, a certain portion that the news is gonna obviously sensationalize things and you know, do their thing, so. Oh, absolutely. And that's why, you know, I, I encourage everybody to be their own media outlet because, you know, of course, we want to speak about healing and we want to speak about how do we get there, but we actually can't get there until we face it. Yeah. Until, you know, like there's all these great acronyms about just the word fear, you know, face everything and recover. Um, there's other ones too that start with F that I won't say right now, <laughs> but really and truly like we have to allow this anger. There's, um, I, I mentioned this uh, when I was talking to uh, this wonderful mental health counselor before there's risk happy is a platform that I follow and they had this great video of an elderly um, black man. And then so I think one of, he was like in his fifties and then the other guy was in his forties and the guy that was in his forties was trying to calm him down, understanding why he was so angry, but trying to calm him down and then pulling in the 16 year old into the mix because that generational anger is, is going to affect the youth, right? And how we come up. So yes, we should be angry and we should be getting it out and talking about it. I'm not even going to say we you i'm a i'm a privileged white woman that need not even identify with that i don't know what it's like nor will i ever know what it's like but i see how important it is that at least we're getting to a place where people are channeling their feelings they're getting them out because if we keep pushing them down that is why this implosion is happening and you're absolutely right i mean the pandemic that ain't helping Right, like, like you can forget about it, but like, yeah, like four days ago, that was the biggest story in the whole world, and so like, it didn't go away. <laughs> We're still in it. Yeah. Right. 
So I love that we've been able to have these conversations because I do really believe that all healing starts with just understanding each other, you know, and me being an empath, it's easy. I, I take on everybody's pain. Yeah. This I can't take on. I, I mean, I can, I can cry, but I could also do something. So we spoke yesterday about that, um, that white paper that was actionable items. So yeah. I want to tell you, as of this morning, what I got back from the police department. Yeah, please. So also just, um, I want to just quickly share you. I forgot how many action items of the list. It was a 37. 75. Five. Okay, yeah. Like, I remember seeing that article get shared on Facebook and like me as a black, young black man, I'm like, like, what the heck? Like 75, like, if y'all don't, if y'all are still racist in 2020, like what's an article going to do? But talking to you about it and like, you were like, oh, I didn't realize that the Largo PD didn't have body cams. That's something that I can go make a call and, and, and push that agenda. So it's like, so I think for me, it was helpful to speak to you and realize that like, there's things that are legitimate, are legitimate blind spots and you're by, you're one of my closest friends and a loving person. So it's not like, I'm like, oh yeah, it's just ignorant sharing. Like, obviously you're, <laughs> you're part of the, you're down with the cause, but like, but you need to learn. And, and so, so yeah, me just kind of be understanding of other people's blind spots and not knowing that. And experience life through my through my lens as well. Yeah. Oh my God. I just got chills because of Alex singing that song. Um, lenses. Uh, if we could all see everybody through the lens of love. Yeah. Right. But we can't help it. You saying that to me, I was like, Oh yeah. We must have been like, dumbass. <laughs> Seventy five things. But the the number one thing I'm still working on. Because this morning, so I emailed, you know, as soon as I found out that I could make it an impact in my own community, because that's where we should start. Yeah. Right? Let's not focus on saving the world. Let's focus on doing what we can, which you and I can talk about later. We, we're doing this to help the earth, not save it. Um, there was a, I could email my police department, ask them about the body cams. I got a response back. They do not have these body cams. I'm lucky enough to sit on the board of uh, Largo Parks and Rec, which you have come to. Yes. And we've done, you know, because I'm always bringing in all of my, my people that I adore that I know can help others. And um, I got the email back from this morning from, because my email already has gotten passed on. Wow. Right. Wow. I was so happy. And I haven't even really been able to like analyze it because it was, it came back from a different officer than I had reached out to. Wow. Awesome. Now I want to know why we don't have them. Is right. it, you know, the budget, you know, what, what can we do next? So that number one, should I got a long way to go, Eric? I have 74 more things to do. What, uh, what are some other things, maybe some notable ones that you've seen that you feel called to, to do or that feel like they touch you in a, in a- Yeah, like just the conversation with Cooper. You know, he's 16. Um, you and I talked about watching all of the movies and shows. Yeah. That, what's that Netflix show that both of us haven't watched yet? Yeah, um, When They See Us, I haven't watched. I just, it's been sitting in my suggestions for like a, probably a year. And I just can't even mentally get myself to watch it. Uh, there's Just Mercy was a great film I did watch. I read the book. Um, there's there's a numerous um, you know, movies and films on, on these topics. And again, just to... Just speaking to everybody who may be watching, just to 
kind of get out of your own shoes for a minute and maybe to see life through a different lens and like Alex said, a lens of love and a lens of caring and understanding and just realizing other people have different life experiences than you and that's not good or bad, it's just reality and, and how can I meet somebody where they're at? Yes, that's how we change things, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't have all the answers, but I think that's a, a good start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's better than destroying something, although I'm fully on board with protesting as long as it's peaceful. Yeah. And then I also feel like, well, maybe I should be doing more, but I'm doing something. So I want to equate it to what you and we, Eric and I, we go on bike rides on the Courtney Campbell. <laughs> we go from Clearwater to Tampa and back. <laughs> Mostly because, not because we're such great um, exercise freaks, we just have a lot to talk about. Right, yeah, I, I start talking about my girl situation and before we know it, two hours later, I have to stop talking. <laughs> and I'm like sweating, I'm like, okay, we're done, right, Eric? You're like 20 years younger than me. Um, but man, those are some good works at, workouts. But we were talking about how, um, another like parallel, right? Like um, my friend David, who was just on the show last week, David Hool, the futurist, he would get so pissed off when people would say like, I want to save the planet. I want to save the earth. And I have him in my head, you know? So I was like, okay, he doesn't, he just wants me to do something today to help towards, cause it's such a big job. So instead of saving the planet, let me just start using reusable bags in Publix. And I told you that, and what did you say? Let me introduce you to our super awesome sponsor, High Technology. So, just so you know, everybody, fun fact. I used to be a project manager for a telecommunications company in New York City, back in the day before I started working with doctors. But I have known Thai Technology and I am a family friend of this company. That means I trust them and I trust that you work with them. So, you know, I would never refer anything out that I didn't believe in. They work with um, some of the biggest physician groups across the country. But the best thing is that they're local. They're here in Tampa Bay and they're from New York originally. So there couldn't be any more love than that. So anybody that mentions the Dr. Whisperer podcast or you're a client, you get three months of free service. Oh, check them out. So I need to do that too. So I, and you gave me a bag. You helped me get started. I've since bought more bags, but like you gave me my first one to kind of introduce me to the new ways and, and kind of give me that little nudge. Mm -hmm. And I, I've, I've slipped up a couple times where I forgot, but like after it really part of my routine, I'm sure I'll pass it on to my mom and dad. And, you know, it's just, little little, things. just so, you know, each one teach one kind of thing. And the little things make a big impact. That's so Watching um, that show on Netflix is going to be something that not only I watch because it's kind of, you know, that overwhelming feeling. I also watched the other movie that you mentioned and I get so sad and I, you know, used to suffer terribly from depression as a kid. You know, I wrote the book about mental health and I try to protect it right. by not going into the pain sometimes which I don't know sometimes if that's good or bad, to be honest, but I have to, if we're gonna come to some resolution together, but really to, to watch it with, with my 16 year old stepson, not that I haven't already, cause I have, to make it more of a conversation with the youth. 
Yeah, I think that's amazing to watch it, what you what you have, and then whether it's at the dinner table or whatever it is, just to have a, a candid conversation. And you know, and you don't have to have an agenda on this conversation, but just let's just talk about what's going on and talk about life and and just like this film, where there's there's this conversation where there's no script or anything like that, we're just talking, and you'll just start to feel each other's heart, and you can learn from one another. So I think that's great what you're doing, and hopefully you can. You know, maybe Cooper will feel comfortable to do that with some of his buddies and, and Rob as well. And, you know, and that's, that's how things change kind of one by one. Right. Because like I said to my husband, um, will he'll, you know, he's a white privileged man. He'll never know what this feels like. He'll never know why everybody is so angry because he's not black. Right. It's that simple until you are that you can't understand. I want to bring up, um, I want to be able to help some people today, Eric. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do something. Good. So I want to be able to talk about how, wh what it feels like when somebody like myself, Whitey McWhiterty, <laughs> I, I know I have a lot of soul. In you're literally me. like Irish, right? Like you're so white. I'm so white, but I'm so like, my playlist, you send me. Oh yeah. To, right? So I'm, I'm pretty damn cool. <laughs> but um now what the hell was my point oh when somebody says i don't see color yeah. a white person says i don't see color what does that feel like to you i mean it feels like a lie hmm. like what color what, what kind of car do you have can you describe your car silver oh so you see color i do <laughs> what, what color shirt are you wearing like oh it's white and blue like so you can see color so my, all right so like when white people try to get like politically correct and like, oh, African-American person, like you can say black. Saying the word black doesn't make you racist. Saying I hate black people makes you racist. Or I don't like, but saying the word black is not a racist term, you know, like, so to say I don't see color is like, all right, I can't even get through to you. But like, you can say actually, I do recognize that there are people that look different than me and they get treated different than me. And I am understanding of that and I'm aware of that. And so I see that and recognize that and I understand that like that's, that's way better than, oh, everybody looks the same to me. I don't, I don't see anything. We're all, you're, you're white, I'm black. I didn't know, like, you really had no idea. Right, so well, you just- Your shirt's white, my shirt's black, and we see that, but then your skin, I'm like, well, what? Like, <laughs> well, so, um, that's so funny. I love that we're talking about this because I do know that, kind of like how you saw that post, right? About, oh, 75 things. I do know it is with good intention because right. I know the people that have said those words yeah. that I have watched cry over straight up racism because their hearts are broken to watch and feel helpless. So sure. saying, I don't see color, you know, um, is just, they feel like it is the right thing to say, yeah. but it is actually the wrong thing to say. That's why I say we need to listen more than we need to speak or yeah. tell and that's, that's a perfect example of like probably reaching out and having a conversation with somebody that you may not have a conversation with or like having like a deeper conversation than like maybe you don't necessarily have because yeah, you could have like the best intentions in the world and from this is not you literally, but just you as a person, like, you know, hey, from my, my little nice little house in Bel Air, Bel Air Beach, Florida, I don't see color. I'm not racist. I'm doing my thing. And like, that's good. But like, 
you calling me and then we talk about it and then I, you say the, the I don't see color phrase and I say actually I kind of hate when people say that and here's why like oh boom like now you've actually made more progress than you just saying that oh I, I don't I'm not gonna be racist I I would never profile somebody like like that's great that's a good initial you know level one but like level 10 is like I do see color it sucks that that we're still you know having these issues and I want to be part of the solution and part of that is understanding that so people of certain colors get treated unfairly and how as somebody in the majority and dominating class how can I use my privilege and my you know cloud or whatever you want to say to make life more fair for those who don't have the voice or whose voices is being ignored absolutely I think that I was thinking before when you were um you know, it's, you know, it sounds like that wonderful white accent, you know, like <laughs> it's the best to me is the best. I love to hear it. Um, but, you know, I have been in conversation with, you know, my white folk and they will be like, well, so I was, you know, having this great conversation with a black person. <laughs> right. And I'm like, did you say black person? Right, like it's it is this very um, unspoken. Like I don't even know why anybody does that. I, you know, it's like saying somebody is black. So if you're uncomfortable, right? This is what I have found. Like I would say this to Eric because this seems normal to me because I like to ask uncomfortable questions. Hey, Eric, do you prefer to be um, referred to as a black man? or as an African-American man, what is the right thing to say? And I'll say, I'm a black man, you can call me a black man. Like, I'm not offended by being just like, it's maybe like 300 years ago, I could have been like, hey, 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 let's, don't call, like the, the ship sailed on that. Like you call black people black, you call white people boy, you call brown people brown, like that's fine. Like, and right. but you asked me, you may not have known that until, until you asked me. Right, I mean, I could say the same and, you know, especially this month being um, Pride Month, that I have had the great pleasure, because I have, you know, just like I have Black friends, <laughs> I have gay friends too. <laughs> I have a gay friend, one of them, watch it like. <laughs> but only one. Just, just one to make sure that I can get my, my one picture on Instagram and make, get everybody off my back. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this story because I got to tell Laferne this yesterday. I don't think I told you. Um, I'm gonna have to bring Laferne on the show because we yeah. had a good laugh about it. You know, I met, um, so I'm reading 50 Cent's book, okay. which with all white people like myself struggle just saying 50 Cent. <laughs> 50 Cent's. Um, <laughs> so I'm reading his book right now, which is fantastic. And um, I was telling her, and I had the great pleasure of meeting him years ago. So I have this great picture of, well, maybe it's a great picture of him, not so much of me, because I'm so happy to be with him, because I, I got to, like, get in on this picture, because I have my New York license plate, and he's from Queens, so I was so proud of myself, and I have this, so I was going to put a side-to-side -side picture of me and him, and a picture of his book, and I told Laferne this, and I go, I go, you know, I didn't post it, because I didn't want people to think I was bringing out all of my Black friends right now, <laughs> right? I mean, like, that's a legitimate, like, I understand that, like, especially as I think you and I, like, both are, like, thinkers slash overthinkers, where you're, like, 
like so uh whitney one of our mutual white mm -hmm. friends we uh made brunch together via facetime on uh, yesterday or no saturday whatever day it was i don't know every day is every day anyways nice. and she posted they got on her instagram and i like almost i didn't post it because i was like i don't want people to think that like i'm just so naive to like what's going on in the world that i'm just cooking brunch with my white friends and everything was great like even though like you know it's just like you you're like really having to overthink everything that you project and like ooh, i hope this doesn't get taken the wrong way or i hope this doesn't get interpreted you know slightly wrong like right yeah no i totally get it you know i also would just i read a lot of books you know that i'm constantly talking about books you sent me a great book that um when do i have it right here I want to show everybody now. Plug it in. Did you? No, here it is. No, that's not it. Oh. I have so many. Oh, here it is. Yes, one of my favorites. Blue fishing. Oh, that's from you. That is from me. My, my black friend. Handwriting. My my third grade handwriting. You have a great handwriting. <laughs> um, great book, but we share a lot of books. We like to talk about books. Um, so I read this book uh, that all women in business really are reading. And of course, now I care. It's Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. And she had, um, at a point in her career, spoken out about racism. She's a white woman. And she got a lot of slack, which, you know, I get. <laughs> and it does become um, a fear. Yeah. For, you know, what do I say? What don't I say? But whatever you do, don't say nothing. Yeah. And I think that's why I, you know, it was never the intention even, and I told you that yesterday on the phone, like, I was to be on the show. Right, right. You know, um, it was just, I don't want to not talk about something that is so serious. Yeah. And ask you how you're doing and ask you, how your family's doing and ask you what your footprint will be during this. And I know you were asked to speak at um, a church, correct? Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, we're recording a round table, um, or a, yeah, a round table, like you say, um, at Top Tampa Fellowship with uh, JJ Johnson and a few other kind of local community um, members. So just excited to, I was really depressed before I found about that opportunity. And I was, you know, had that optimism that, you know, I can hopefully be a bridge to, you know, between different communities and, you know, be somebody that people may listen to and, and take, take my experiences to heart. And so it, I'm optimistic that I can, you know, speak some truth and, and change some hearts. Yes, I am optimistic too. I think that we probably have a little more pain to go through. Yeah. And then, um, and knowing that you and your family have such a, a great faith, I was so happy even to be talking to this mental health counselor this morning about, you know, spiritual health through all of this. And everybody I talked to yesterday, Laferne and Cynthia, and we were all talking about God and we we're all talking about how we have to be able to connect to a source that can get us through and, and, and lean on each other. Yeah lean on each other and talk to each other and not not shy away but you know dare i recommend to my fellow white friends now it's probably best to listen yeah and i think yeah. i've also from this experience learned that like 
six months from now when, you know, women are being attacked or uh, gays are being attacked or children or whatever the group may be, like, it'll be my time to listen then and not just say, oh, hey, this is not a black thing. I'm not worried about that one. Like, nah, like, when, when there's a, a issue that's affecting maybe your population or your, your group that like, all right, this is my chance to now listen and, and learn from you. Yeah, when they come after the Irish, you better be there. <laughs> it's been a while since they've come after the Irish, but you better freaking be there. When they start protesting the New Yorkers, I want you by my side. <laughs> but I do, I mean, nothing makes me, me happier knowing that even you and I starting this conversation, that we were both kind of feeling a little effed up. Yeah. That we can, we can laugh, we can talk, we can heal um, through conversations that are that are built on love and not anger. Because you know, facing fear, face everything and recover is is better than than projecting it all without understanding. So I'm so grateful that you allowed me to to listen. And just like Alex said um, on Friday, I guess it was Friday. Just like you don't know what day it is, I don't know either. Um, when I asked him what we should name the show because I was putting racism in the title and he said, why don't we just talk about humanity? Yeah. And I'm so glad that we could continue the conversation about humanity. Yeah. On that note, I just want to kind of, this again, none of this is planned. I've just been talking, but I just got a quote that kind of came to my mind was from a, uh, the late Jim Balbano, who was a famous college basketball coach. And one of his last big speeches he mentioned Three things everybody should do every day is to laugh, think, and cry. And so whether that's conversating with your loved ones, with strangers, whether that's taking in news, you know, you've had a full day. If you can at some point have some joy, smile, laugh, at the same time, spend some time in reflection, think about things, you know, expand your mind a little bit. And at some point, if your emotions, you know, bring you to tears and it may be sad tears, it may be tears of joy, you know, maybe confusion. But I think, you know, if we can kind of have that mindset that we're going to have thoughtful time, we're going to have joyful time, we may be upset at times, but like that's, that's a full day. And I think that's something that humanity can do, not, not black people, not white people, not, you know, only if you're getting attacked. You know, this is like every day for everybody is just to laugh, they can cry, and we'll hopefully be a lot more connected as humans. Well, that shit made me cry. I was crying. Really, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for all the wonderful um, work you do and your family does. I'm honored to call you friend and so glad that we can take a bike ride again soon and hopefully we'll be somewhat on the other side of where we're currently at. We'll be closer to the other side together. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Thank you so much. And don't forget, you know, you'll see it in the show notes. He's a badass realtor too. So if you're looking for a place in Tampa Bay, that's your man right there. Eric Dungey, thank you for joining. I appreciate it. That was an honor. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. 
T-I-E, technology. Check them out.